PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespadiso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Welcome to Cinema Crespo Diesel. Uh, all right, so here we go. Welcome to a bonus episode of Cinema Crespo Diesel. I'm your host, Chris Crespo, chilling with Drewster Cogburn. Well, dude. And I meant to do this before I started, but no, what warts and all we were talking about, she was asking. Our guest is Nina. Nina was asking if we we're going to edit stuff. No. No. Flubs and all are included. So, Nina, how do you oh, say cool. your last name? Strike. Strike. Yes, it's very gonna, easy. I was going to say, is it Streach? Is it Streach? Or strike. Stretch. Stretch. My least stretch. favorite is Stretch. Stretch. The I makes me not want to say Stretch. That I know, but off, so right? you cannot believe how many people do. You know what? I can. I can. It's amazing how many, how many people mess up Crespo. So easy. Really? <laughs> Two syllables, six letters. Six letters. And, and very people. straightforward letters. It's not like they're weird. No, this isn't some sort of insane name. Uh, Creepo. We're not here to talk about names. Nina, thank you for joining us. Uh, Pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much. We met via Boris. We uh, did. Some of my, uh, the most interesting people I've met in the last couple of years, Drew, I think you can agree, have been via Boris. Yes. Including Boris himself. Yeah, Boris no, himself no. is a really interesting Boris person. He is Absolutely. He's definitely a character. Definitely a wonderful character. <laughs> we enjoy having him in our community. He's fantastic. Um, he got involved with you guys with the Global Peace Film Festival. Right. And he pulled in uh, myself. Along with Anwar Superstar, yep, uh, we're working to help promote the brand and get the the awareness out for the film festival. So we are going to talk about that. Great. In a little bit, we're going to talk about what people can do, what they can check out, the website, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, what they can do. All the things, how they can help, yep. and all mm-hmm. the, the wonderful ways they can make this a success. But first, before we do that, when we met at yes. the art gallery, he had dropped some tidbits, some nuggets. We had a fun chat. We had a nice, uh, like a two-hour chat that was great. That we thought was going to be like 20 minutes. Like, we'll get this done real quick, and then, of course, two <laughs> hours later, it's like, oh, you And know, we're like... like what it, it's really we should really end this uh, so we can all go back to our lives um you told us stories about being a film editor for commercials and, and trailers uh, for trailers for trailers specifically I, actually i started as an assistant editor for commercials but the for, but the commercial editor that i worked for yeah uh got a job one of his clients um got a job cu- cutting the trailer for The Rose, the film starring Bette Midler. Oh, wow. Um, the 70... If Forrest was here, you'd be like, boom. 79. Yeah, 79. Yeah. So that's your first, very so first that one? Was, that was the very first one. I was an assistant editor, and the editor I was assisting mm-hmm. was a lovely Chinese man mm-hmm. who just could not stand the swearing on the film oh, really? among okay. other things he didn't like the music it just offended his <laughs> sensibility and i was getting to the point in my career where where i was you know ready to spread my wings mm-hmm. and so he said hey you know let me supervise you doing this then i don't have to watch what there i don't want to look at very nice and, and then he, and so he gets the trailer for me <laughs> he gets and the part with all the curses cut out he, <laughs> well actually for trailers you can't use the curses and you can't use the uh, later and we talked about this too mm-hmm. I, I worked on the trailer for friday the 13th yes and for my sins i had to do friday the 13th part two <laughs> how dare you do such a good job do something right <laughs> and i didn't i i didn't know um you know uh, that i 
could not watch the the bloody stuff. I hate horror films. Right. I mean, and, let's just put it out there. And these are slasher and movies. That's what he's there is for. A, this is a terrible slasher movie. Mm-hmm. And I, um, so for Friday the 13th part two, when we were screening the film on, I had a chem mm-hmm. or the company I worked for had a chem that I used. And the client was there. It was from, Par- from Paramount. It was actually Don LaFontaine was the client. Um, he, the voice, was, he yes. was the client? He was the client. He was an executive in creative services at Param- and marketing wow. at Paramount. Yeah. In in the late seventies and into like eighty two, I think was yeah into eighty two. And people would and know before he's... before he was the vo- before he was in a world. In a world, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. he's like the traditional yeah. in a world. He's yeah, a, yeah. in a he's that is in a world. Yes. Um and. Which, by the way, I love the film in a the Lake the Lake, film. the Lake yeah. Bell. Movie? Oh my god, it's I really love cool. that film because I I loved Don. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a weird guy, but he but was, he and I really got on, got was, along. Since you knew him, was it true that he went from? I heard a story. This internet conjecture. Did he go from gig to gig in a limo? Did he travel by, via limo? Um, later, I he may have. Oh, okay. Um, when he took me from gig to gig. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw him in California, so he he was an executive at Paramount in um, on the East Coast. Um, his marriage fell apart. He was fired from Paramount. He Oops. was actually an alcoholic at that time. He okay. moved to L.A. When he worked for Paramount, they wouldn't let him do voiceovers because his job was something different. Oh, he would okay. do scratch tracks, but mostly he wouldn't do the you know the voiceovers. Would we'd have to record somebody else mm-hmm. and. Um, so he moved to California, started doing voiceovers. Now, Don was really smart. He was a marketing guy. He mm. was really smart. And he could knock out your tra- your your narration like in one read, which most of the voiceovers didn't. Right. They, they uh, do a couple of run-throughs, right. practice, sort of right. flubbing. There, there, was, there was one voiceover. I won't use his name. <laughs> sweet, sweet older guy. Yeah. And he, he was... I'll just do in a world. He he would he would read it before you started recording. He go in a world, in a world, uh. in a world. Which do you want? He tried. And he'd give he'd you all tra- the variables. He'd, he'd he'd put and he had no concept. You know, you literally had to read it for him oh. so that you, you even know, give him the intonation. You would and give stuff. him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but you know, some of the voiceovers that I dealt with for trailers dumb as posts mm-hmm. i mean i the, this guy the sweetest guy but like oh my god can't you figure it out it's like pulling teeth then trying yeah. to get him to just record something meanwhile um, but don he shows could just and... knock it out of wow. the park first read um no Sorry. matter you know you could give him you could give him anything and he would do that and um so i stayed in touch with him after he moved to california mm-hmm. and most of he cut off almost everybody besides his daughter um, when he moved to California, mm-hmm. he was completely, you know, separated, separated, wow. totally separated. Mm-hmm. But I stayed in touch with him and I would visit him. And one day, and I didn't have a driver's license mm-hmm. um, until, because I live in New York City and I, before that I so, lived in London. So who, who needs, needs it? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's the best. And so um, one day he said, hey, don't come to my house. You know, he would usually pick me up someplace, you know, drive him up drive me up to his house mm-hmm. because it was up a hill uh, in the hills and um so one day he said i thought we'd do something fun that you'll you'll find nostalgic i have some recording sessions i have to go to so he picked me up in his 
highly, highly detailed red jag. Ooh. Gorgeous, you know, very California up red jag. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things he used to do, he, he told me he had a car phone and this was like, this was still in the mid eighties. Oh, wow. So it was when car phone, you know, when the car phones were the big clunky things. And it's like connected to its own thing. And yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. And, and he said, this is what I really like to do when I see a woman in a convertible, um, at a traffic light, I'll pull up to her and say, and hand her the phone and say, "It's for you." Oh my goodness, <laughs> that is amazing! Um, wow, so, what a slick guy! So, <laughs> so we would, we would. He drove me to one recording session. Um, you know, knocked it out in fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. We went to another recording session, knocked it out in fifteen minutes. Wow. Went to the third recording session, knocked it out in, you know, 15 minutes. And he's getting paid full rate for all these. Yeah. Paid, paid. We left the third recording session and he said, that was just 40 grand. Whoa. (laughs) Done and done. One day. Ah, How do I? That was one hour. Yeah, exactly. Just wait 15 minutes each. How do I get in on that? In the world. I can do it. (laughs) Give me some copy. Let me read something. You need need to be a marketing genius. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and then apparently you need your uh, life in one city to crumble completely and move to another one. I'm fine with the life. (laughs) I can can figure that part out. It's being a marketing genius. That's uh, so he was, I, I, the funny thing was when I started cutting trailers, there were no women in the, in the marketing business. Right. It's a notoriously male centric yeah, type of thing. Really sexist. And why, why did you even want to get into editing trailers to begin with? How did that happen? Um, I just got a job. Just, just all job opening? <laughs> just all job opening? And you're like, um, I, 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 I had the I opportunity. Yeah. I loved working on... So, so the first one was the rose when I was working for this. I was the assistant to this commercials editor, mm-hmm. and the funny thing about that one is we, um, the client decided that they they wanted to release the trailer on uh, attached to seventy millimeter films, and there was only one Dolby. St- you had to do the mix in Dolby stereo, mm-hmm. and there was only one Dolby studio in New York, and it was fully booked, and they wouldn't do overnights for us, so we had to go to. It had to be mixed in L.A. Wow! And so my boss said, "Oh my God, you need to come. the The client won't pay for it." Um, the Rose is a 20th Century Fox film. The mm. client won't pay for it, but I'm going to fly you. I'm going to pay for you to fly out. I didn't have a driver's license, as I said, right. so you didn't have to rent a car for me. Um, I had friends whose parents lived about a mile from Fox. Mm-hmm. And so I could, you know, I was like, oh, cool. I get a free trip to L.A. Um, to work on a, you know, to work on the 20th Century lot, Fox lot. Oh my God! That is, uh, is really cool. This is like the coolest thing in the world. That's very so, cool. So um, when I got back, I was thinking, you know, it is time to spread my wings, mm-hmm. and this opportunity came up at this trailer company, mm-hmm. just totally coincidentally. And the day I started, well, actually, I gave, you know, the commercial editor boss two weeks notice Mm -hmm. as one has to do sure and i told that the new company needed my you know needed the assistance like immediately and i said well i have to give two weeks notice but i can come in after you know i work 9 30 to 5 30 i can come in at six and work till midnight every night do uh, doubles for a couple weeks yeah yeah exactly big deal yeah so the first so so i do that for a couple of weeks Usually the editor that I was assisting, it was like splitting tracks and Mm -hmm. getting ready for mixes and, you know, things like that. Right. And learning, you know, the new office and everything. Mm -hmm. And 
um, the the day I started my first morning at nine at ten o'clock. This was a ten to six gig. Mm-hmm. The first morning I went in at ten o'clock, my boss, my new boss, said, uh, "The editor quit over the weekend." <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> Holy cow! Um, do you think? And and we have a deadline on this film on, that needs on to this, be edited. That, that needs to be. Ed- do you think you can do it? Oh, and wow. I said. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> and that was TV spot. Fortunately, it was TVs, not not trailers. Mm-hmm. But it was for the film Cubo, the Richard Lester film starring Sean Connery and Brooke Adams. Oh, wow. And oh. so you were doing the TV commercials? The TV commercials, the 30-second spots, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, um, and cool. and um, they, when the presentation happened, the client bought a couple, wanted changes on a couple, which mm-hmm. is exactly what my bosses wanted sure and they gave me another film to uh, you know more tv you did good with that one here's another one and then and this is what i told you when we met Mm -hmm. um the first film that they gave me the entire trailer you know they gave me the trailer to cut was american gigolo oh nice (laughs) richard gear (laughs) richard gear lauren hutton and, Hector Elizondo. And, oh, that's crazy. And then how did it Bill work? Duke. Where they gave Bill Duke was so good. Did they give you the the movie to cut what down? You, or what you get at that point? Usually, at what what you would get mm-hmm. would be what's called a black and white slop print, which okay. is silent answer print. Okay. So you get the whole film, but it's in black and white mm-hmm. and cheap stock. Sto- it was that was cheap stock because mm-hmm. it's not color stock. Sure. Um, and you cut you cut. You know, you cut to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, very usually, they they the film hasn't been finished. Yeah, very I, often. I was gonna say it's like it's a rough cut of the movie, it, a rough not assemblage. a rough cut. Not not a, it's not rough. It's it's a fine cut by that time. But they're oh, okay. changing it and going back and forth okay. to the studio by okay. that time. Um, and then um, you present it to the. Well, then you do a sound mix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, American Gigolo. When we did the trailer, did not have. Uh, did not have the soundtrack yet. They had hired Giorgio Moroder to write uh, to do the tr- to mm-hmm. do the score, mm-hmm. but he hadn't scored it yet. So you didn't have the available music. So I went out. You know, I went out. I bought Moroder Records. And oh found, yeah. And found something for a temp track. Some uh, some. Well, he had that the metronome clicked throughout all his. Music. Yeah, exactly, it's like, exactly. Like, right, yeah, that's, so. That's fun. Um, so anyway, the funny thing about the American Gigolo trailer was mm-hmm. Paramount didn't know it. Was, the film is very much before its time, and mm-hmm. the Paramount knew they had a really winning um, title, mm-hmm. and they were scared. You know, they really didn't know what the film was. You know, they they didn't they were, you know, they didn't know how to market the film. Sure, right? well, yeah. Um, and so they had given it to th- to three trailer companies for ideas mm-hmm. and then they had rejected all those three submissions really? they gave it back to the three companies to start again from scratch mm-hmm. and that was but when that ca- when that happened i'd been at this company this new company for you know a month six weeks something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and again my boss came to me and said you think you can do this? I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> and so I watched the film and I go, oh my God, Richard Gere is hot. Yeah. No. And so like, it was a great I, gigolo. So, so I cut out every shot of his cute ass. Ah. And was like, ooh, 
you know, yeah, 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 nice. yeah. You male gazed it up uh, mm-hmm. when yes. he turned it on gear. No, yes, he's, exactly. He's a commodity. And this is where Don was. Don LaFontaine was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He was. He was like. He went to. Um, you know, instead of showing it to the male executives, he knew that this movie had to sell for women if, yeah. if it was going to, you know, do anything. Smart. And so instead of showing it to the to the, um, you know, to the, to the executives, he got all the secretaries in the screening room. Oh, I'm sure they loved it. And <laughs> wow. what he told me that their reaction to my trailer, th- he told this was much, much later. But what he told me their reaction to my trailer was uh, what I had cut was. Um, pretty obscene. <laughs> <laughs> he, he got them all riled up in that screening yeah. room with the trailer. And yes, yes, <laughs> it was great. like it. it um, and so they bought my trailer, and then so I got to do the TVs as well. Mm-hmm. And again, Paramount did not know what to do with this film, so they kept sending it back for revision after revision after revision sure. after revision. Right, it had like seven different revi- seven different sets. And the the release date was coming up, and their their buy on television buy was coming up, mm-hmm. and so Don came. You know, I really hadn't had much to do with Don. Actually, I think it was the first time I met Don. Okay, was when he came in to watch the. You know, he he was like, "We got to make decisions on this," and he told my bosses, and my boss said to me, "Okay, Don wants to, the client wants to see everything that." you know that we've done and so i put together the presentation the first set the second set the third set etc yeah and we're going through them and i'm not saying anything i'm i'm actually a shy person and mm. i was like really nervous around the big paramount client oh my god right yeah Ooh. and i mean you know Especially don didn't have a in. reputation yeah, yeah don didn't have a reputation at that time but um so, but still the client, though. But he's to, still yeah. the client. Right, exactly. And this is a big presentation mm-hmm. and important. And so we get to this. There was one of the sets of, of revisions that I could not stand. I was embarrassed <laughs> about. And so he turns to me. Show that one. And he turns to me and he says, what do you think of these? And I said, I think they're awful. <laughs> and my bosses nearly fell over. And Don burst out laughing. And he said, you know, you're not supposed to say anything bad to the client. <laughs> and I must have turned all kinds of shades of purple. Uh, Oops. And, and I, um, I guess they're not that bad. <laughs> and that was the bonding moment mm-hmm. with, with Don. Because yeah. he was like, he knew I wasn't stupid saw like a straight shooter in you it's like this one probably so, knows what she's talking about so, yeah you have taste mm-hmm. i mean you know what you're doing right yeah exactly <laughs> and um and so from that time on um he you know he we love to work together it's very cool the, the client you know he would sometimes set up times to come in and work with me without my bosses mm-hmm. without them knowing oh really yeah why um because because he liked my work. Because he wanted to work with you. He liked he liked what he liked my work. Yeah. Now the only two other women who were cutting trailers at the time, and there mm. were no female executives at that time. Sure. The other two trailer editors hated his guts. It's a very small world. Mm. They hated his guts. They said Don LaFontaine is the most sexist pig in the business. Wow. And I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's nothing like, but nice. He he's you know. He teases you, mm-hmm. you know. He's sort of like Howard Stern. Oh who, yeah. You know Howard Stern. 
is an asshole on TV, you know, on the radio. Uh, radio that's yeah. the shtick, though. That's his, that's but his it's persona. his shtick. Mm-hmm. And, and if you really listen to him, the person he's really, like, hardest on is himself. Mm-hmm. And as long as somebody, you know, as long as you recognize that you're not the butt of his, he's the butt of his jokes. Right. Then you're okay. And, and for Don, very often it was the other Paramount executives who are the butt of his jokes. Oh, really? Um, but he and I, I, you know, I, he'd never hit, never hit on me. Mm-hmm. Never, you know. It was never untowards like with you or anything? Yeah, or, he'd or, sometimes or... say something, but it was, you know, something untoward only when there were male executives in the room. Interesting. You know, it was hmm. because it was them he was getting at, not me. Mm, okay, yeah. You know, I yeah. was his vehicle to get at, at, at them. Sure. They hated him. Um, <laughs> this guy was going around town just like, I don't care. I'm going to be me. Yeah. That's cool, yeah. though. Um, and so I got, you know, I got that. And we would work together, you know, sometimes late, you know, very late at night. Mm-hmm. One time he said to me, um, and this was in the midst of, very tight deadline for actually the film was Dragon Slayer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, Got to get that Dragon Slayer commercial. Let's go. <laughs> he, he, he said to me, you're the best female editor in the business. And I turned to him and I said, well, that doesn't say very much. There's only three of us. <laughs> yeah. The competition, the and bar's he, low, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he very seriously said, well, I can't take the female out of the sentence yet, but if you keep going the way you are, I will be able, you know, you oh, will get there. That's nice. And I, you know, I mean, he would, so this was, that was Don. I, I. So ge- a genuine person. Uh, maybe. Genuine person. Yeah. And, you know, and that was, um, you know, that we maintained that relationship after he left Paramount. That's In right. fact, he, when, when I was ready to leave that first comp- trailer company. Yeah. Um, and was looking at other trailer companies to go to. There was only one bigger in New York City at the time. Oh, really? Um, and I got an interview with them, and basically Don told them they had to hire me. <laughs> and, and if he says it, well, then they're going to be like, yeah. well, this guy seems to know what he's Unfortunately, about. that company did not want to have any women working for them. Ah, and yeah, so they hired me, and... A couple of other editor trailer editors were like, "Are you sure? They don't hire women." And was like, like, "Well, they hired me." Women can't edit. They want the breasts and everything, and the and the, and and the, tiny, and hands. the hormones, <laughs> and tiny hands. Like, oh, glad we editing. Get out of here. Meanwhile, so, don't want shoot out there. So three editing. weeks after I started, Don was fired, and I was fired the same day. Oh, I was wow. fired within minutes of Don. Uh, within a couple of hours of Don being wow. fired, they heard he was gone. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't worked long enough to have protect have a protected position. Right, sure, yeah. To, to, Out I went. Didn't get the chance to actually prove it. No, I'm I'm good at this. I know what I'm doing. Man, right. and you're that's crazy. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Um, but anyway, that, that's Don. <laughs> and Don Don sounds like an interesting dude. He was an he was a really interesting dude, and he was um, really smart and. He had a great time in L.A. You know, he really got his life together in L.A. He got good. married again. He had two more children. And then he got that um, amazing uh, voiceover career. He had what everyone that knows incredible for, voiceover huh? career. He started, he started um, uh, flying helicopters. Get out of here. Was, yeah, that was his... Um, you get too much money, you're like, I need to do something dangerous with my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, most, I don't think many people know that, but... I definitely didn't know that. I didn't know but I was just... I, I was just 
Googling something, his name came up. I sort of started, I was like, oh, okay, let me look at this thing about Dom. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that I found in, on, I think it was even on his website or somebody, some no, maybe it was his wiki, mm-hmm. was that one of the campaigns he was most proud of was um, The Elephant Man, the David Lynch film. Interesting. And was the the campaign for that. And that was one of the things that we did together. And that was one of the things I there was one of the TVs that we we put together ourselves and my boss my my boss in the trailer company had nothing to do with it all and mm-hmm. had didn't even write it and we just came Don and I came or Don came up with it and I put it together and, put it and together made it work. Him. Wow. And um and I was like, it just was like amazing to read that in that's, his wiki. That, yeah, really that, cool. that was his proudest, you know, the trailer he was proudest and of. He, and you can remember like, I was there. He gave me, he told me what to do. And I put it, was, it together it was and like, ideas. It, you know, that so was fun. one of the things that, and I won an editing award for um, for that particular TV. Wow. For like what, from what uh, like organization? You can find it. Well. Like who, like who was giving out the award? Oh, I forget what it was. I, Some I have, sort of random. And Don actually got the certificate for me because my bosses wouldn't. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> no, you can't get out of these people. I can't, so, um, I can't take the sexism truth. <laughs> Kill me on the I have it. Some. I, it's not. A, it's not even in a frame. I just have it. In a it. Yeah, no, it's it's the but, it's a recognition that counts. Yeah, so you gotta have yeah. It on a wall. And, um, but it's. I actually. Um, found the tra- the TV spot online as well. You oh, can find a, it. Yeah, very it's, cool. it's it's actually the chase through the um, through the train station mm-hmm. where um, he's running and there's intercut and and the end is um, people in the train station pull his mask off. Mm-hmm. But the really important thing was not to reveal any of the face. Keep and that so, the mystery. Yeah. So that that. Part of the pulling the the mask off mm-hmm. needed to take like four seconds when it took you know when it was like eight frames, yeah. And and I created an effect that I worked out with the optical house because this was before computer animation. Yeah, um, got to do it all with your hands, analog. Not, not with ha- the film uh, well, and... they, well, the optical house does that. They put it on the stand, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, so and it was a really neat effect, and um. That's right. So, well, what we'll do but, is when we when we post the show in, in like the Facebook group and stuff like that, I'll yeah, find the link. Yeah, you can find the link. Yeah, we'll, we'll I was surprised to find the it. link. It's, that's, that's awesome. I'll see how many I can. I'll, I'll look for the. I'll definitely look for the American Gigolo trailer. I'll look for the American Gigolo yeah. trailer. Although, I'll look for the sexy gear Gigolo trailer. Although, although I have to say something happened with the American Gigolo trailer that mm-hmm. I look at it and I cringe mm-hmm. because um, because Paul Schrader, the director, yeah, didn't want to use the the takes that were actually in the film. We cut the tra- the trailer to the film mm-hmm. and then the studio decided to match the outtakes to the scenes. Oh, really? And, yeah. Um, and so the crispness of why I cut the trailer, the timing was slightly off everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I look at it and I go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not your fault though. It's no, right. no. The trailer, they, and and also they could have just bought the rights to the to the temp track that I had, or they could, you know, by the time we were ready to finish the trailer, some of the score had been done, so we could have, you know, I could have cut back to the score, but instead Paramount decided they wanted Moroda to score to the cut. Yeah. And again, the trailer score is not, 
it doesn't work that way because you know when you're really cutting to the beat mm -hmm. you you know scoring a feature you're not you know really cutting to the beat but with a montage trailer you're cutting to the beat right. and not scoring to the cut yeah it's different it's different to uh, score a scene versus scoring like a montage right, right exactly yeah, uh, so uh, eye of the tiger is not going to work underneath a scene of rocky and adrian talking on the beach no but if you have them boxed in a lot of interspersed that then it's yeah, gonna sound great yeah, yeah but then, then in trailers you know you're you know it's quick cut all the way through and it's a whole different it's often, a whole different thing often to and you a really piece of need music. to you, you yeah. cut you cut to music mm -hmm. and then had had i cut the trailer to the new score i would have trimmed a frame here or two frames there or added a frame here sure. or there you know and it would have been tight a little bit cleaner and so i look at that trailer and i cringe so when people see the trailer keep they're that in mind they're not going to notice yeah they they're, won't notice but but keep in mind that Nina's cringing. She's like, oh, <laughs> ah, what did they do to my beautiful trailer? Uh, we're going to find that. We're going to find uh, the Friday the 13th one with the numbers. You describe how the numbers. Yeah. Went to, oh, one so, the so the, that I, I did I did more. I worked with another editor on that. And again, Don wrote the, wrote the, the, um, wrote the script sure. for that, yeah. which was exactly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Friday the thirteenth. You may only see it once, but that will be enough. Yeah. Which is such a funny dublon talk. Yeah, it's smart. It's good. It's like brilliant, brilliant line. Yeah. Again, that's dawn for you. It's a, and wow. so when Friday the thirteenth part two was coming in, mm. I walked around the office and I would say to him, every time I would see my bosses when I was like, "Well, Don's coming in to watch the film." Mm -hmm. By this time, they knew. You know, I knew him well enough, and they knew that. You know, we knew he was comfortable with me and everything. And I would walk around going 14, 15, 16. <laughs> and, and, my, and my bosses were, oh, shut up. That's not going to be what it is. And Don comes in and he goes, 14, 15. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's so funny. <laughs> but but I, did, I did the special effects. Mm -hmm. I did the numbers. And, you know, sort of blood red against black. Yeah. And... The idea was numbers crashing in. You know, the first one goes from infinity to slams into the into the you know full frame, mm -hmm. and then from left to right and right to left and diagonal. You know, doing that thirteen times, you have to be creative to figure out how to make it. You know, how to make the tenth one interesting. Have them come in different ways. Yeah, sure. And then so fourteen to I forget what it went up to. You got to come up with new. <laughs> Ways. <laughs> it's like oh yeah yeah well at least with 14 you know with with double digits you can bring them in from different directions That's true, yep. you know mm -hmm. so and also they can't be corny you can't like spin it in or anything right because um, you are going for a certain because mood you're going, it's a because horror it's yeah. a horror film <laughs> yeah eventually it came like a like a pink panther yeah. trailer yeah. or something yeah we're uh -huh. like inspector clouseau to pop up with the right right so exactly yeah that's funny you have to think about the tone but, but of as, your letter spinning your but I, spinning. as i was saying in the screening when we got you know when we were screening the film i would per, i would turn the you know i would put the film on let it run and this is on a cam so it's real by real by real mm -hmm. so i put it on and i'd go stand in the door and when you know it's like when his arm comes up comes with a knife up, yep i'm out the door you just step and, out real quick and and so i forget who it was but it was either my bosses or don or somebody said i don't think it would have been don but uh, somebody said to me 
you have to watch the film. And I said, I don't have to watch the murders. They can't go in the trailer. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. not going to show the violence. Yeah. So why do you have so to see it? So why do I have to see it? That's I don't true. like it. I don't want to see it. That's I'm true. not going to watch it when I cut. You know, it's going to go out right away. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see once the knife, you know, when the knife is coming down, I'm out of there. <laughs> exactly. That's smart. That's that's a good thing in your part. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is, just off the top of your head, one of the best movies that you, you got the enjoyment of getting to watch like a rough or a, you know a fine oh. print of ahead of time that we want you to cut this trailer for us. What was that? actually this one? Was it good. wasn't. It, it wasn't by any stretch of the imagination a fine cut. Even it was a. It was an eight-hour version <laughs> of Warren Beatty's films film Reds. Get out! He was on eight-hour cut. Of, the first the, cut was eight hours. Actually, another you didn't one. Watch the whole eight hours though. Did yeah. You? Oh yeah, I had to. It wow. took me a whole day. Oh my wow. god! Um, it was. Fabulous! Yeah. Oh my God! Well, it was now, fabulous. Now it would just be cut up into like an eight-part right series. Right. Series, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it was cut down to about three hours, so three movie. something, three twenty something like yeah. that. Um, and um, the uh, so that was really great. Another film that and and the the finished film is fabulous as well. Mm. I loved the eight hours. Um, it was so interesting. What's, there was a lot more of the of the old, you know, the memories, mm-hmm. the the friend, you know, the um, colleagues who who are still living. Sure. Um, another film that I loved that I saw in a in a way early version. I think it was the screening was four. I think it was four hours. The cut that I worked off of mm-hmm. was Ragtime. Four hour cut of Ragtime. Wow. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Which which was. I mean, literally, the the screening was in the Paramount screening room, mm-hmm. and I left the Paramount. We didn't know it was going to be four hours, so it was a late, you know, it was a late night, um, and overtime, of course. You would um, think they let you know, heads up, this print is four hours long. Yeah, guys. Make, bring I mean, a sandwich. I think we, I think we went in a, you know, we started at three or three thirty or four or something. Sure. I mean, it wasn't late, late. Yeah, but, but overtime. But still, anyway. yeah, overtime's nice, um, but still. <laughs> but but I literally went out and bought the book because of the film. Oh wow! I hadn't read the book, and it, I was so it got you I'd mesmerized really... by the film that I went out and bought the book mm-hmm. and I didn't sleep that night because I read it cover to cover. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, a, um, that's a long ragtime day, yeah. four-hour cut, and um, then read the whole book. I was, you know, I the four-hour version was so much better than the release version. Interesting how that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. And then there's one really long film that I didn't like mm-hmm. um, that was... 13 reels so um <laughs> which uh would have been four and a half hours something like that um was that and didn't like the film i didn't like the long version i didn't like the short version oh. the, the finished version yeah conan the barbarian no oh, <laughs> i just watched that a couple months ago <laughs> Chris loves it. yeah it's the a, first one but there yeah, is uh the one. there is like a longer there was like a longer version of it for a while right before they cut huh. it down i guess oh, no. i think john millius that was one of his yeah. ones that he was yeah. working on he was yeah. a madman yeah. still a madman still yeah alive. so so then um another this is just a uh movie history mm-hmm. story um we also did we worked for the company that I worked for did trailers for a lot of you know all the major studios and we did a lot of work for United Art- mm-hmm. Artists mm-hmm. and um, so my bosses were invited to the um, press screening of uh, Heaven's Gate ooh the, the movie took, that bankrupted a studio they, yep. they, they took me and I 
hated really wow. um no i hated um what's chimino's uh deer the hunter. deer hunter okay. i hated the deer hunter mm-hmm. i thought it was revisionist cheap shot history mm-hmm. the the you know the um russian roulette sure, the, metaphor the, the, the is such a cheap metaphor well especially now yeah all these years later too all it just, right. it's losing its but, uh, but value it's, over time but it's a cheap it's a totally cheap metaphor mm-hmm. Um, and so I hated the film. So I said to my boss, I hope this is horrible. I could not have imagined it being, you know, being when, as bad when as we, it was. Being what it was, yeah. When we, you know, again, you go to the press screening and they didn't tell, you didn't know how long it was. We said the, the press screening was at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. The premiere was at seven. Mm-hmm. And we said to the secretary in the office, oh, we'll see you later. It was four and a half hours with an intermission. So long. So and, long. And it there's, was... There's a wedding in the middle of the movie yes. that, that's the length of an actual wedding. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and ceremony, everything. There's a five-minute fiddle solo to guy on roller skates. It's yeah, the, the roller skate, And again, cheap, uncreative. That roller skate sequence is... They go around and around and around in a circle and around and around and around. For so and long. For so long. And there's no nuance to it whatsoever. Worse than that is Harvard Square being in a, in a, um, uh, they shot that, I think, in Oxford mm-hmm. in England. Oh, they And they, they shot, they didn't shoot it in Harvard. They, they so weren't weird given permission. Yeah. And so it wasn't a square. It was a round, you know, the Harvard Square was round. <laughs> ah, the, the details, Nina. So, what are the shapes? So what are shapes? What are they? The best, the, the, Best and and my bosses said to me when the lights came up for the intermission because they knew I sort of I was really young I mean I was in my mid early mid twenties mm-hmm, at the time mm-hmm. and um, they they knew that I well I told you the story about Don telling Don what I really thought about right something. yeah yeah you mentioned that already, yep. they said when the when the lights came up for the intermission and there was literally an audible gasp in the audience. Um, they and this was you know you recognized critics mm-hmm. gene shallot was there and <laughs> you know people you know joel siegel all of these critics yeah. that, that on tv who you recognized and everybody's like looking around like what the hell yeah and, and, and of course it comes up intermission to me not over yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah there yeah, was yeah, an yeah. audible gasp yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and my bosses leaned over to me and said don't say a word. <laughs> they know you. <laughs> yeah. He said, if somebody asks you a direct question, mm-hmm. don't open your mouth. Just, so, for, just play mute. You're a mute person. Yeah. yeah so yeah. The I, charity case. So, um, I mean, everybody is walking around stunned because this is already two and a half hours in. <laughs> it's like uh, election night uh, at a Democratic Party. Is like, oh, what, the, what is, what is what, going on what's here? What's happening? None of this makes sense. <laughs> well, that... Is much more exciting than the film. Yeah, what was. A, yeah. <laughs> at least it was interesting. But by the time, by in the second half, it was like derision. I mean, critics right. were literally. There was a guy in front of me, um, who who uh, there was a female critic from mm-hmm. the Midwest, from a I don't know what publication or newspaper. Mm-hmm. I d- didn't know who she was, and she said, "Oh my God, my my readers are not going to go for this," and this very sort of serious dignified gentleman leans forward he had a walking stick he leans forward on his walking stick and he said madam shit is shit wherever you see it <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing 
That's so funny. Oh, and, wow. And you and were there. You I was there. there. And when, when we walked out um, of the, when we walked out of the theater and you know, everybody walked out in stunned silence. You've never seen an audience of a of a highly anticipated film mm-hmm. scatter. Nobody wanted to say anything to wow. to anybody. You know, it was like, what have we just went? Oh my god! What did we do? Yeah. What have we seen? And and uh, so we, you know, we're walking back to the office, and my my, you know. My bosses are sort of starting to talk to each other, and I said, "I didn't even i I wouldn't even have wished this on Michael Cimino." Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, not that bad. Wow, but, that's funny. That reminds me of the uh, going to see a movie, like oh, I, like hoping, like sort of hoping it's going to be bad. The Yodorowsky's Dune documentary. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Yodorowsky he he loses out Dune. Dave Lynch is going to make it. He's like. Oh, this is going to be a good movie. I know it's going to be good. And then he's in the theater. He's like, hooray, it's a piece of shit. He starts getting happier and happier as the movie goes on. It's like, oh, this movie's so bad. Thank God it's a bad movie. Uh, That is so funny. Even then, I don't want to shit on that guy. So the the next morning, everybody, you know, everybody in the business knew who was there. You know, what client, you know, what trailer companies were were there. And my, the Paramount um, person, who did the physical production mm-hmm. stuff for for marketing? Um, I had to deal with her about something, and and she was like, "How you know? How was it?" And I and I was like, I told her I completely agreed with Vince Canby's Vincent Canby's review mm-hmm. in the New York Times, which was the most damning for its brevity. A short the, review is always never good of a film like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. and especially back then mm-hmm. when you know. Yeah, expect more. Yeah, um, but but he was, you know, I I told her I thought he was actually kind in some places, <laughs> and and um, I was laughing about it, and she was like, "We're not laughing over at Paramount because we have our we have Reds on which has the same contract. There were three contracts oh, out at the time." Yeah. For auteur directors, mm-hmm. it was it was Chimino because mm-hmm. of Deer Hunter, um, it was Warren Beatty because of his pull, yeah, and uh, the, and yeah. the third one was actually um, Spielberg and Lucas with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow! And the contract was they didn't have to um, actually Raiders was later mm-hmm. and um, and they didn't because of who they were they didn't have to show anything to the studio until they wanted to. Unless or until they went a penny over budget or a dollar over I'm a oh. dollar yeah or a or a minute over schedule yeah over schedule yeah yeah and over Spiel, budget or over Spielberg uh, I think because outside of previous... Jaws notorious for being under budget and, and on schedule but but 1941 was a disaster well that was yeah that yeah. was bad bad that was bad, before bad. so it was like Jaws and Dad back to back I was like right. oh, this guy kind of spends money right yeah. right exactly he learned his lesson um and and um. And Lucas, what was his... At that point, it was just American Graffiti and Star Wars, right? Uh, 80... Yeah. I, I think Empire was out by then, maybe? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but I think he had a good reputation for being fiscal... Yeah, but I think it was Spielberg that it was... Spielberg was, it, a problem. That was, was the yeah. problem. Okay, okay. And and so, the getting back to the Dragon Slayer story, mm-hmm. Dragon Slayer was supposed to be the, the big 1981 um, summer blockbuster... Was it 81? Something like 81. that. 81. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 81. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, they just hadn't even thought of Raiders. Mm. And one day, um, Spielberg and Lucas 
called the called the studio and said we want to show you real one. Oh wow, <laughs> that's something. Yeah, that, that's ballsy. And I'm just gonna show you the first fifteen. We got minutes. it. First, and, was that twelve and a half minutes? What's a real twelve and a half minutes? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, about that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, thousand a thousand feet of thirty-five millimeter right. film. Yeah. Uh, 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 Paul actually, Thomas Anderson just put out a the, one reel. He the, called the, it. The um, the thousand feet is is the way you work on it. Mm-hmm. it when when they're put on the platters, it, it's um, originally. I mean, back then it was two thousand feet. Um, mm-hmm. they, they would be two thousand feet reels. Oh, it's my phone. Oh, okay. Oh. Or is that or is that you? Nope. No, it's me buzzing. Okay. It, it's Oh, like, I was on the floor. I was yeah. like, I feel the, the room is vibrating. Um, <laughs> and, my, and my wrist goes off. And your wrist goes off. That's what's going on. The, um, yeah, I want to show them one reel. So it's just like, we're just going to, what your appetite. We want to show you what we have we in store. We want to show you what we have in store. Real one. So smart. Which ends with the boulder. Does it, that's where it yeah, ends? Yeah, that's where perfectly. it ends. <laughs> God, these guys know they're real. Yeah. They're like, <gasps> and then it's funny too. Now we talk about reels and feet of film and stuff. Right. Now it's download this file. Here's a thumb drive. Right. You know, right. Here, here's right. a link and a password. So, so I was working on Dragon Slayer, which was, you know, we were coming up on a deadline for TV, mm-hmm. you know, for a TV buy that mm-hmm. they'd done, and when the executives had gone to, um, you know, had been pulled in to see Real One, and my and my bosses got a call saying um you got to finish the dragon slayer stuff in california because something just happened you know we just saw the spielberg lucas film mm-hmm. and so i had to pack up my cutting room get out of here we need I this to pay sh- for yeah, <laughs> for yeah, that real we have hit. to we have to you know we're we're staying here because we need to rethink our whole summer oh wow that's wild so so and you were there. Only, you were in the midst of it. So, well, I wouldn't call it in the midst. You were on but the I was, edge of it. I was it. on the edge of it. You were on the periphery um, of it. So, so, um, uh, so anyway. So they sent you to Cali to do the the I had the to Dragon pack up. I shipped half a ton of material oh, to California oh, overnight. Again, another thing where it's not okay. I'll email it to myself. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. And and went out to California for a week to work on the Paramount lot. That's that's so, so fun. So is, it's, it's almost is, it's a working vacation. Oh, it was. I mean, it was long hours every day, and you know well, that's the working part. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I don't have a good sense of direction. Uh-huh. And um, after the first couple of days, whenever I would walk out of the cutting room, I because the bathroom you you had to go out of the building to get to the ladies' rooms, mm-hmm. and. Um, they would send somebody to shadow me because I got every time I would go, you I got lost. lost. Mm-hmm. Then, then it's like all the scene. buildings look the same. They're all just big and white I'm, buildings with yeah. huge doors. Well, big doors, like, see, no, it's like that scene in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You're just cutting through back <laughs> lots, like, what, yeah. shooting Godzilla over you? <laughs> right. And well, you know, the, the the back lot, you know, there's the there's the office. We were in the office mm-hmm. section, sure. and it all looks, it's all the same. Yeah, it's it just like warehousing. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it is. That's very that's actually wild. the first time the back doing the rose the la trip for the rose um i I was told to get myself to the to the the trailer trailer Mm -hmm. the trailer trailer which i just thought was hilarious (laughs) and nobody else thought it was funny it was literally it was a real trailer yeah and for cut trailers it's the trailer trailer (laughs) this is hilarious that i would have a sign over it says the trailer and and everybody looked at me like what's so funny like no humor you sense of uh no sense of humor these people i I mix up my words but that but but then the other funny thing about 
uh, um, about uh, the Fox, the experience at Fox for for the Rose mm-hmm. was, as I said, I didn't have a driver's license, so I walked to the lot, and um, I had been told they'd left a drive-on pass for me. When I got to the guard gate, mm-hmm. the guards look, they go. I don't think we can let you on because we you don't have a walk-on pass. You have a drive-on pass. Get out of here. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little too literal, guys. <laughs> Come on. It's a pass. Let just, me in. Just let the lady in to work. That's so funny. <laughs> so- you know, that's why they're the guards and all things <laughs> Just make sure the right people get in these doors over here. Um, okay, so... So that was in my film story. That's amazing. So- as, a, as a trailer editor, you're already doing all that. But then you told me you transitioned from that to film commissioner. That's yeah. A, that's a big jump. That was you, a you, long you, don't, time. you don't do a beat cop, then all of a sudden you're NYPD commissioner. How, how does that happen? Well, um, I've had two loves in my life, mm. and this ends up coming to the Global Peace Film Festival. Yes. The first... My, you know, my first love is film mm-hmm. and creative media of mm-hmm. all kinds. Sure. And my second love is is politics and making the world a better place. All right. And so, I, you know, while I was cutting trailers, I would make usually short documentaries about things that I care about. Mm-hmm. You know, social issues, women's issues, um, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly for, you know organizations that work on those issues i describe my myself as i i made money cutting trailers and spent my money making films for things that i cared about there you go is that the way it is though yeah yeah you work (laughs) doing the thing that gets you the money so then you can spend it doing the thing you enjoy doing so i could donate my time to doing it but i had to pay for other stuff and the way i did that is i you know i would do parties and i did i made good parties and so the organizations that I made these little films for Mm -hmm. were like hey why don't you do a party for us so I started getting a reputation as doing really good parties so like you're a good fundraising planner and stuff like that yeah yeah and um and so um in 1987 Mm -hmm. um when uh George Herbert Walker Bush was gonna run for president Mm -hmm. after after two terms of Reagan um I was like, I don't want to see another Republican administration. Mm-hmm. I want to see, you know, I want to see something different. And I looked into all the different candidates and I ended up deciding that I liked Michael Dukakis mm-hmm. in terms of what he said mm-hmm. and never thought of working on a campaign. And out of the blue, I get a phone call from somebody who's the chairman, chairwoman of the um, New York State Finance committee for the Dukakis campaign mm-hmm. saying would you do this big event for Dukakis and I did it it was successful I was hired to do the uh, to work on the rest of the campaign so I became the um, top staff fundraiser wow. top staff fundraiser on um, on the Dukakis presidential campaign through the general election right, it's a big deal and one of the people um, who supported Dukakis was um uh, David Dinkins, who, former uh, New York Mayor David who Dinkins, was then, who was then borough president for Manhattan borough president okay. before he ran for this was before he ran for mayor. So, but was he borough president at this time? He was borough president okay. in the Dukakis campaign. Okay. He ran for mayor in '89, mm-hmm. um, was elected in November '89, okay. and became mayor on January 1st, 1990. Mm-hmm. So, I supported Dinkins. I knew Dinkins from some of the other work that I did, and supported his campaign but i didn't want to work on his 
I didn't want to be his fundraiser sure. because I was exhausted after 17 months working on the Dukakis campaign. Yeah, especially on a presidential general election level. That must have been so much work. A lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It was like, yeah. you know, average week was 70 hours. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, uh, and um, so I agreed to do certain things. And I said my my deal with the campaign was I wanted to co- be one of the coordinators of the inauguration if he won. Okay. Which I did. And, Very fun. And I also realized that there was only one job I wanted. And it was actually deputy commissioner, deputy film commissioner for okay. the city of New York. And I got it. And what were what are the job duties of the deputy film commissioner? Basically, basically the film commission is two things. Mm-hmm. It's a marketing arm mm-hmm. for the city. You want to you want to bring as much production in as possible. Attract jobs. Attract, to the city. It, sure, it, yeah. attract, it attracts jobs. Attracts a lot of income to the city mm-hmm. from outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other is to facilitate production. So okay. permit you know permitting. Um, uh, you know, um, street closures, mm-hmm. uh, if there are problems with facilities, it's cutting red tape. So it's it, basically it, cutting it, red tape. It's making the city an enticing place for people to bring their productions right. and right. then helping those productions right. now, go New as York smoothly is as possible. A, New York is an enticing place because it's New York City. Yeah, point your camera in any direction. You have instant but uh, production value. Yeah, production value. The light, the light in New York is... Spectacular. Yeah, you don't have to bring lighting. Well, you do, but, do. I mean, depending on what you want to do, right? It's, it's incredible. There's, it's a gorgeous, you know, lighting. It's like you got New York, L.A., Chicago, I guess. Like a handful of cities will give you a great look. But right. then outside right. of that, it's, right. it, it exactly. dro- drops off drastically. Right. You, you go from New York City to Tampa really fast. It's like, yeah. this is a big, yeah. big swing. But New York is known for being incredibly expensive. Yes. One and, of the most expensive. And so... Um, you know, so that's an issue, mm-hmm. and you have to work around that. But yeah. you have the, you know, you have a huge crew to choose from. Mm-hmm. You know, huge depth of crews. Mm-hmm. Um, the and you have a huge acting pool. Um, so that's you're, true. You know, so much so your talent. extras. Yeah. You know, your extras are Shakespearean actors. Right. Yeah. Your people are going to be in the background are going to have more talent than your in your average city. And you're going to you're because you have such you know such a depth of professionalism. You can shoot much quicker, sure. so you're you're going to save time with a un, you know with a union because you have more people there who because, they, they got because the experience. They know, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 was the, one of the biggest things as a uh, working in the commissioner's office as a deputy commissioner that you have to facilitate? Were you there for like I the shot Godzilla the Brooklyn stuff? Bridge? I I shot the Brooklyn Bridge for eight nights. For eight nights? Yep. For for a horrible film. <laughs> Which one? Hudson Hawk. Yes. Ah. <laughs> one of the worst. One of the worst. Oh my yes. god, it's so bad. What a terrible movie. And to the, the point where I will watch it for the shits and giggles. Like, yeah. This is so bad. I gotta watch Richard so E. Grant go bad. crazy. Yeah, it's fun. Um <laughs> it's so bad it's fun. And you wouldn't even you have to watch it to identify the Brooklyn Bridge shot because you wouldn't you know, it's like, okay, we're gonna do it because because we're gonna it's gonna be a you know, a money shot of the New York City skyline. Sure, it's not. Because uh, I don't really remember. Right, it's yeah. not. Yeah, and um, so I, I mean, That's it weird. was it was a total disaster. That's crazy, and it was supposed to be four nights. Well, basically, Bruce Willis sort of took over directing it. Ah, uh, um, yeah. What's his name? The guy who directed Heather's. What's his name? Um, Michael. 
I'm blanking on the director's I, name. I can't, I can't Mike, think of the guy. Um, I can think of the writer of Heather's, but I can't think of the director. Michael Lehman. Something. Michael Lehman. Oh, I would never have gotten that. Yeah, book. Michael Lehman direct was the director. So he went from Heather's to Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk. Was he hired because Willis knew he could probably push him around? I don't know. Right? I I don't know what the backstory was. Joel mm-hmm. Silver was the producer. Was was the producer? Yeah. And Joel Silver, you know, is known for big set pieces. Yes. And so it's like, why have had, one bomb go off when you can have two bombs? Right. Yeah. They so the the Brooklyn Bridge shot is when the ambulance, you know, when when Bruce Willis flies out of the back of the ambulance right. that he's strapped to, right. when on the gurney and mm-hmm. it's flying around, yep, and is through it crashes through a toll plaza, and then flips and explodes. Yes. Well, the shot on the ambulance, uh, you know, out of the back of the ambulance, that's the Brooklyn Bridge shot. Okay. You wouldn't know it. You would, it it's just doesn't a bridge. need to be the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, why that bridge? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the toll plaza and the and the ambulance explosion is actually the Queens Midtown Tunnel. So it's not even the, not even the same location. Right, right. Which is you know which film happens in films all the time. All the time. But um, but why get such expensive locations if they're not the actual locations and you're gonna Frankenstein? I mean, literally, they anyway. they were spending literally, and this is in 1980, I think. No, I mean 1990. Right. I think it was nine ninety that it was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, they were spending over half a million dollars a day on this, oh, wow. you know, <laughs> uh, on their on the New York shoot. That's so much money. And. Right, could be put towards so many things for a piece of shit. Yeah, Um, (laughs) and um, so the explosion was on the other side of the Queen's Midtown Tunnel. Mm -hmm. Now, where they wanted to do the explosion was less than a hundred yards from an auto body repair shop full of propane. Mm -hmm. Of course, why not? Let's just do it here. Why not? So the fire department didn't want you know didn't want to give them a permit to do that. Sure, said usually. This is done in two sequences. You do the flip of the car with an empty tank, mm-hmm. and then you blow it. Mm-hmm. And it's an easy cut because, you know, with all the flames and everything. Sure, yeah. And Joel Silver was like, no, I did I did this shot in Roadhouse. <laughs> I want to do it in this film. Unbelievable. And it's like, but Roadhouse was in a fucking desert. <laughs> yeah, middle yeah. of freaking nowhere. Middle of nowhere. The double deuce is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you have, and the stunt coordinator was like, the fire department is right. Listen to the fire department. Listen to the expert, please. Yeah. And Joseph was like, no, two bombs. Right. Exactly. So I was like, I had to spend the entire night, you know, they said it, they were setting up the shot. The stunt coordinator was really, really nervous because they overshoot by fraction. And And everything explodes. And and, yeah, yeah, and it's not just the. The intended you know, explosion. Yeah. Right. We're going to have extra explosions. Right. Which secretly, Joe Silver's like, yes. Two bombs. Right. Two bombs. Right. Yes. What, <laughs> so, a, what a normal. So <laughs> that, was what, that was one of the big ones. Um, I set up the, the, the closure um, of Times Square for um, uh, Last Action Hero. They shut down Times Square for Last Action Hero? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't remember yeah. that. Now, when he's, running, it- when he's running over the cars. Okay, so they can populate everything. Ah, mm-hmm. yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. I yeah. was thinking... Uh, they, when they shut down Times Square and then cleared it out for uh, Vanilla Sky, that's like yeah, 2000, yeah. 2001. Yeah, that was two years after it. 
that was two, two years, years after. Later. Yeah, Man, that was, I was that, gone. I was gone. It was by then. such a what? Then you had to do the same thing for for Last Action Hero. So what? What does it take to shut down Times Square for a movie? Well, shoot? you'd actually be surprised. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of it is less big of a big deal. You know, even the closure of the Brooklyn Bridge, mm-hmm. which was actually really awesome to because the first night of the closure, I had to be there with the police and the Department of Transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was all over all over the news because um, the DOT Department of Transportation had to tell um, this, you know, people. Yeah. Hey, that the, the bridge is going to. Bro- it was only it was only closed. the it was only the Brooklyn bound lanes. It wasn't both sides of the bridge. OK. But as the Brooklyn bound lanes, at the closure didn't start till 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And it was done by, they had to be out by 5 a.m. Sure. So the staging was all afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the closure, you know, it's like literally the closure started at 10. Right. And by that time, traffic is easing. Mm-hmm. Um, the production company had to put um, light board signs in specific places. For, I mean, like, miles around. Know. Yeah, sure. And one of the things that we learned that if I ever had to do something like that again, I would know that you don't only tell them that there's going to be a detour on the side that you're detouring from, but you actually have to put directions back to where you would have been because a lot of people didn't know their way from the from the other side from the other bridge yeah to where they were going sure yeah people are just coming over there was a rare visit for them like now i have to yeah, drive exactly. around the city and it, figure out my way exactly around. exactly yeah. so um so anyway that was you know that was a big deal closure mm-hmm. um it was so cool watching the tail lights slow down and finally stop you know it's like yeah sure Whoa, like we did it we shut down yeah. the bridge <laughs> yeah and not in a chris um, christie sort of way either boom take it <laughs> boom you fat idiot. um so uh but a lot of closures are much less impactful than you would think so Times square i mean it's Times square it again that was big, that was midnight that, that was midnight to five okay so it's you know, already, you're, so you're low it's, on tourists anyway yeah, not so many people are yeah. out there at night yeah. and they stay you know they stage um, During the day, like you said, so right. it's all ready to go. So it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, from the time it gets, you know, from the time it's dark, they're, you know, they're setting up lighting and everything, and, and then, there's, uh, you know, detours around, but the roads are still open as normal. Sure. And it's only once, you know, at the time that they can close that mm. you actually close. But for other for other sequences for other films, um, mostly. If it's a if there's a significant stunt shot, I mean, I would have loved to have worked on um, uh, to figure out the logistics on um, John Wick too. Oh yeah, they got yeah. because they did the amazing things in the city. Yeah. Well, did um, you see the third one? I didn't see the got third one. Got on that horse down the street. It's ridiculous the yeah. things they do. Yeah. Uh, you, you're yeah. Horse motorcycles. Just just for that reason alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah on bridges yeah. and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. The things yeah. they must have shut down. Yeah. Is that another um, reason why they shoot all at night? Easier to shut everything down in the city at yeah. night. Probably. Oh, yeah. It looks yeah. cooler. Yeah, it looks cooler. Well, yeah. well, you know, the Department of Transportation knows traffic patterns and knows exactly when sure. you know they know the heavy and, traffic and times. And yeah, and it's. You cannot shut down in bad traffic times, and um, mm-hmm. then so um, uh, some of the other. I mean, I there were all kinds of really amazing sure. shoots. You know, yeah. it's, it's a lot of it, it's a lot of um, I mean, logistics. I'm... But what I was saying is is that for a regular shoot, mm-hmm. you know, for just a sequence, 
the tra- traffic light in New York City is roughly 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so almost any shot is going to be less than, you know, two minutes. Mm-hmm. Sure. And yeah. so what what the police, you know, what the police do is when the light turns red, the director has to call, you know, rolling. Okay. They have to roll. They have 90 seconds. Then the green light, they have 90 seconds. Now you've got a minute, uh, you've got three minutes. Mm-hmm. And then there's another red light. So you're only holding for one traffic light. Sure. So it backs, yes, it backs up, but it's not hugely impactful unless... You, you can do it in those little bits. Yeah. And then still keep Everything traffic is done, going. Yeah. So yeah. you don't have to actually shut things down. You're not shutting things down. Just having someone be like, and, yo, stop And for more second. often than not, it's one lane. Right. Yeah, yeah, because well, goes, you're shooting in one direction. Yeah. Maybe you only have a couple right. of characters anyway. Right. It's not like you need a uh-huh. whole bit. You're not making a Marvel movie here. Yeah. Plus, those things are on well, green even screens the Marvel, anyway. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that stuff is animated, you know, yeah. CGI now they, they, anyway. They build, a, they build half a street and then put screens up yep. everywhere else. Yep. And, then, Call and, day. and you're good to go. Yep. Isn't it crazy? Mm-hmm. God, it is crazy. I'm, a film that I loved working on and was surprised um, at how fabulously it turned out mm-hmm. was... Um, uh, Fisher King, the Fisher King. Oh, Terry Gilliam, yeah. yeah, another very New York City movie, going through yeah. Central Park and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely, that one did turn really that, good. It looks great. It is like, great. It still the looks city great. looks great, mm-hmm. and there were some really major. It was very, very soon. It was in the first six months I was in the film office, oh, yeah? and I was responsible for all the big deal stuff that happened with it, which was like the horse. Yeah, yeah, the, the that was a live action horse, by the way. Yeah, he That's was really riding a horse, action. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, not was Robert, Robert Williams on it? No, no, no. That was, was his vision. That, that was, was a vision. vision. Yeah. And then, then like breathe mm-hmm. fire at one yeah. point or something. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. That's wild and stuff. And so, but that was all live action. The funny thing about that was in the script. It's called that says the horse gallops through the city. Oh really? Well, the horse is not going to gallop. There, it's not going to gallop on a, on concrete. First right. of all, yeah, not good for the horse. Yeah, it's bad for horses' joints the, and yeah, its feet. It's yeah. yeah. Um, and it was just the writer that didn't know horses, so you say, "Oh, it's galloping," and you don't know that. Yeah, technically, that it, that it's, it can't do that. That right? Yeah. That so um, there there were all kinds of fun things with that, but I it's was so, so because, thrilled like, when I saw that film because I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I was you couldn't figure out what was going on when they were shooting, and sure, Gilliam yeah. is a amazing but also a bit it, of a madman so yeah see, i but, can see but i would get the production manager or the location manager would call me and say um tomorrow he wants to do i'm like that wasn't in the script okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah i know um he, he had this idea he just came up with it he's that type uh-huh. of guy yeah but another film that we worked that i worked on you know in the mayor's office was that that was another auteur kind of film director mm-hmm. who was quite a contrast to that was um brian de palma on um oh gosh why am i forgetting the title was it what was it if it's new york yes. early 90s yes, so you know. it would be bonfire, bonfire vanities, vanities yeah. right yeah there yeah. we go we got that and that one was a total disaster that, that was you know <laughs> where well. brian de palma <laughs> had these brilliant ideas you know i mean where where terry gilliam had these ideas and it was like wow Brian De Palma had these ideas, and it was like, you must be kidding me. <laughs> it was like, oof. <laughs> That's funny. So, Well, you know, not all of his movies can be hits. I'm a De Palma fan, but some of them did turn out to be oh, Bonfire oh. of the Vanities was horrible. That, that was, well, that was that his only... Has he done adaptations outside of that one? Because that's a book. 
Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Carrie is a book. So there goes that whole argument. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it can't all be good. Did you ever see the Palma documentary? No. Me neither. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so much for that. <laughs> so much for that one. Uh, okay, that's very cool. Well, now, that brings you all to here. You already mentioned it. You're into politics as well as movies. Yeah. You're good at event planning. Yeah. Uh, you're aware of the world happening when around I, you. When I left the film office, I stumbled into film festivals. Okay. Yeah. And that's and then, that's where I got here. So that's how we came up with the Global Peace Film Festival. Well, I didn't come up. I was hired to create it. Using um, your by, event planning background, right? Well, Obviously. actually, that sure. wasn't... All your stuff coming together. Um, the, it didn't have anything to do with the event. Well, it did. When I left the mayor's office, I was sort of doing you know freelancing here and there. And um, I was hired to... Um, be the development director of the Nantucket Film Festival. Okay, all right. And because of that, the following year, the Newport International Film Festival started, and I was hired to be the. So they they saw the Nantucket Fest and like we like this, and then they well, started. Well, actually, their own? the the Rhode Island Film Commissioner had come was talking to the Nantucket to the Newport people. Yeah. Um, and they were. Um, and and Nantucket was the closest festival of the same kind of ilk. Mm-hmm. And when the film commissioner was calling the executive director of Nantucket, the executive director didn't know, you know, what do we do with a film commissioner? I don't want to be bothered with this guy. And yeah. I talked his language because I was a film commissioner. Because you've done it, yeah. So when he, you know, when I spoke to him, I knew exactly what he wanted mm-hmm. and what he needed. And um, with... For instance, with Nantucket, um, one of our sponsors was Cape Air, and Cape Air was um, was starting a, a route from Providence, Rhode Island, to Nantucket. Mm-hmm. And I got the commissioner on the first flight with a photo op with the governor of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. It might not have been the governor. It was some mucky-muck in Rhode Island. And, um, uh, and so... He he said to the people doing Newport, "You got to get this woman. She's really good." And so I met with them. I didn't like, you know, I. Um, I'm not crazy about Nantucket as a place. Yeah, it's sort of not my. It's not my speed. A little, a little too uh, what? A little too twee. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. A little, little too precious yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, yeah. And Newport, I fell in love with when I went, and so felt I felt more like a real city. Well, it's not. Town. It's still. It's it's, a small it, it's, place, it's real. It's small. Yeah. It's um. It's diverse, mm-hmm. which Newport isn't. Right. Um, and you go over the. You know, you have to go over the bridges to get to Newport. But in Middletown, which is right next, there's, there's like there's a lot of you know diversity, and the coastline is just spectacularly oh, sure. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen the magnets. In the postcards. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You got to go there. <laughs> oh, well, one day, sure, maybe. Um, I've been to uh, one of the uh, Rhode Island, I think. I've been there once. <laughs> I saw the, uh, the the row of mansions that they have. Yes, exactly. That's Newport. Yeah, there you go. I've been there. I've uh-huh. seen the hoity-toity. The hoity-toity. The first year, actually several of the years that uh, we had, you know, the um, True Lies shot to the mansion in Newport. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We I was had in Newport? Parties. That's Newport. Oh, okay. Right. We we had parties there in that mansion. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, was Arnold there? It was like, it's amazing. I'm so happy to see you all. Thank you for coming. Oh, Drew, no. Drew, thank you for coming. It's, it's amazing. 
Arnold is not exactly an indie person. <laughs> oh, no, no, not even, not even, not, the even not even the beginning, yeah, was he? Yeah, right. Well, um... I mean, what is it called? The, the, the documentary. Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron, Pumping Iron is, 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 a, is a doc. And then... Yeah. And uh, it's an indie. And then he got a, a non-speaking uh, thug role in Robert Altman's uh, Long Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And then uh, off to and, races. And then Conan. And then Conan. <laughs> and then Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Conan which, man, that, yep. that made his career. So, um, yeah. so, so anyway, um, I became the festival manager in mm-hmm. Newport and was doing other... Kept getting other film festivals. You know, that's just a seasonal job. And got other, you know, other people were, you know, I did other film festivals, mm-hmm. but Newport was the one that I really did. And in 2003, um, the uh, when the Iraq War started, mm-hmm. this um, somebody, a friend of mine said, hey, I've been doing something with this guy who wants to start a peace film festival. Mm-hmm. And I told him if anybody could do it, you know, said, so I thought it was, this is a filmmaker. So. I thought it was a crazy idea, but if anybody could do it, I thought you could. Mm-hmm. And would you mind if I gave him your resume? So I gave, you know, I said, yes, go ahead. Yeah, and, why not? It's work. And I was hired to start the Global Peace Film Festival. In 2003. In 2003. And what year did you do the first one in 2000? 2003. 2003. So that I, same year you cranked so, one out. So the so the founder um, is a a guy who's a um, he's a conservative Republican and a devout Muslim, mm-hmm. which is a strange mix. Yeah, it's an awkward mix. Um, and he didn't realize when he hired me, but was very happy when he found out that I'm Jewish mm-hmm. and a progressive Democrat. <laughs> so how obviously <laughs> can I, we be here? And yeah. I and I was like, you know, what's more different between us is not that he's a Muslim and I'm a Jew, mm-hmm. but that he's a conservative Republican and I'm a progressive Democrat. Sure, yeah. Um, but that sort of started being the fundamentals of of what I wanted the festival to be, it's which like, was two things. It's like the perfect example of what. You yeah, mean. yeah, exactly. It's like the import. What peace is is coming together and respecting uh, respecting ourselves, each other for our differences, mm-hmm. not not wanting people to be just like us. Yeah, and you know, if we're going to get over this very divided society, we have to find a way to talk to each other. Absolutely, yeah. And so that's one of the things that, that you know, I wanted, I also wanted to do, he wanted to do a film, uh, you know, the film festival was a peace film festival, but it was about the the Iraq war. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't want to do a film festival. I don't want to do an anti-war film festival. I want to do something that has a positive vision of what peace is. You want to go pro-peace, not anti-war, pro-peace. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Sure, exactly. Sure. And mm-hmm. But also not peace just in relation to war mm-hmm. and not peace in relation to hippies and right. radicals the, or that, anything. The, but uh, peace the in surface relation level to, definition. Right, yeah. but, but to expand the definition of peace to be you know, to be what matters to each person Mm -hmm. that every single person coming to the festival is going to have their own, not definition, but their, what their own internal feeling of peace, of what that means, what it means to them. Mm -hmm. And I want that to be celebrated. And we look for films that are uh, inspiring, Mm -hmm. 
we're primarily a documentary fest, not entirely, say. but primarily documentaries. Look, looking over the the program from from last year, I looked at the last couple of years. Look at mm-hmm. this year; it does look like out oh, maybe eighty percent documentary, yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, a mix of short films and there and feature. We actually lengths. have most film festivals have way more shorts than features right. because they'll do shorts programs and you know. Sure. Um, and then and it's a good a, way to figure numbers. Way, to say yes, like, exactly. We, we have three hundred films that are right. Festival. Exactly. Yeah. Two hundred and eighty of them are. are, are <laughs> Are under, are under four minutes long and 207 right. of them are garbage but hey we have 300 movies here yeah. right yeah but we actually have less consistently for the last several many years mm-hmm. we've had less shorts than features focus on the features we focus on the features but mm-hmm. another thing that we've done differently for many many years is we have we have a lot of films that we call mediums which are in that used to be in that dead zone for film festivals yeah. between like 45 and 70 minutes. Film festivals hate those hate the, they hated hate those. They're now changing because Aren't of the they? because even Tribeca's having what we call me you know nobody picked up the name mediums mm-hmm. we call them mediums. Yeah. Um but even Tribeca because they're doing a lot of television stuff yeah, I was about of, to say that, of, that works really well on the streaming uh, services and exactly, Netflix people exactly. love 45 minutes to an hour boom exactly. perfect it's like binging a show That's so exactly true. I didn't even think about that That's so, so yeah true. so wow. it, it's completely changed but we were you know 10 years ahead of the curve on that one someone's got to be ahead um, of it someone's got to <laughs> someone's got to break down but the also, barriers you know those a lot of those you know, we've had a 61 minute film and you say to the film you know and the filmmaker goes why aren't we getting a lot of pickup from film festivals? I thought, you know, everybody says we have this wonderful, it's the length it's, period. Yeah. It, and, it, it and they're can't like, well, schedule thank you an for, hour long. Thank you for programming. Yeah. Why did you do 61? That was the time that story took to tell. And like, all power to you, yeah. dude. Yeah. To not, to not uh, hack to, something to out not, or, or, yeah. or, or to stretch it, it yeah. so that, so that the first thing you do is God, I wish they cut 10 minutes. Sure. That's the you worst, know? right? Yeah, that's so true. And then um, it does put you in a bad spot when, well, this story I want to tell just so happens to take 40 minutes and, you know. Yeah. So fortunately now it's a, you know, now it's, it's something because you're absolutely right stuff. because yeah, of yeah. the streaming stuff. Absolutely. It's a good, you know, it, it's come into vogue. Very but, smart. um, but so you're ahead of it on that one. So, so we people can find a nice mix of lengths yeah. of, of screenings and stuff. Yeah. But. but also it allows time to discuss the film and we have, you know, when a filmmaker comes, mm-hmm. we wanted to, you know, the, we want the filmmaker to interact with the audience mm-hmm. Um, they answer questions and again one of the interesting things about Q&A's at our festival is I can count on the fingers of one hand the number of times anybody has asked how much the budget was or what they shot on oh yeah because people are like what's that what's that person doing now they want to know the what actual can I content. do yes. yeah it's all content based it's which not, is it's not which just is, asking a silly production question yeah. that you get and, in your typical and Q&A, a lot yeah. of the filmmakers have come back to us and said you know that's that's what's really amazing about your festival about the global peace film festival is is that it's about what the film is about sure yeah because so, yeah. you're putting together so many like-minded people who are there for a similar cause uh that being well, watching actually, these and we type want, of movies and we want people who are not there for the cause we want well, so that's the thing to, right then you need we to want bring to reach friends. out to yeah we yeah. want to reach out to we, need we people want to, to reach friends across and family the yeah and uh-huh. uh yeah absolutely people who may be thinking differently we don't want to proselytize way. you know it's not we're not we're not beating anybody right. over the head right exactly it's not that type of uh, yeah. uh deal so the the, so website, the website is peacefilmfest.com 
peacefilmfest.org. Dot org. Peacefilmfest.org. People can yep. go there for the schedule. And then what is this you're telling us off mic about There's the also online, an online festival. festival. So uh, for people listening, we have listeners all over the place. Obviously, if you're not local, you can't make it to the actual festival. There's still something that you can check out. Yes. Yeah, so on the website, on the festival tab, um, there's a drop-down menu that has the schedule and has the film descriptions that are in the live event mm-hmm. but there's also a tab for online film uh, on, for online festival mm-hmm. and this year we have almost 50 films in the online festival wow. most of them are shorts okay so easy watching you nice. know easy to pick them mm-hmm. um and they're they start um they go it goes live on the morning that the festival starts which, which is, is september 16th all right and which is a Monday, mm-hmm. um, and they stay up till midnight on September twenty second, twenty third. You know, um, eleven that, fifty nine, September twenty second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They come down at the end of the festival, mm-hmm. and they're all they're different films than we show at the live event. Um, and there's a wide range, you know, almost fifty films. So there there's are be something some, for everyone. There are some longer ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so the descriptions of all the films are on the website so you can read through that you know there's thumbnails there's a picture there's a dis- you know paragraph description sure. of what it is um and i hope everybody who's listening will check in on the you Please. know because that you can do anytime yeah you can check and it out find something you like and then share it with people on yeah, your social media yeah. encourage other people to check out these videos these watch movies. a bunch of them on you know together with you know get people to come over watch them on your yeah you, know, you could you could as do, a group have your own like uh, at home mini screen global it, yeah. Peace film fest. Right, yeah you right. can find the ones that look most interesting to and, you program and it yourself the reason for the timing of the festival is september 21st is the united nations international day of peace so that's how we anchored oh, the timing of the festival the international day of peace right. yeah very good so um so that's september 21st which is the saturday so another thing you can organize a peace day party on hey that's all like fun the online festival this is a bunch of bob marley you can watch some uh global peace film fest online right, films. that right. sounds like a fun day yeah sure you want to so, get down with my uh my, my at home peace film fest party no no, this, guy, this guy hates peace no this i guy, don't he's, a, it's, it's, it's not, all about the living death over here exactly it's not that i'm anti-peace you're pro-war. I get it. That's a hard position I'm not to take. I'm not, pro, a- I'm not pro-war either. I just, you know, don't really care much for humanity in general. Oh. So it doesn't really matter. He's here for the movie stuff. Peace, war, it's all fine with me. Um, So from the 16th to the 22nd yep. is the Through festival. Through the 22nd. Through the 22nd. Yep. It's at different locations here in town. Winter yep. Park. Uh, opening nights at the Enzian again. Opening nights at the Enzian. Uh, go to the website. People can volunteer.org. We we're always looking for always volunteers. Looking for volunteers right? yep. mm-hmm. uh, people can check, uh, help with that. If can they want. email volunteer at peacefilmfest.org. Excellent. Or info at peacefilmfest.org. And do you know the, uh, the social media stuff off the top yes. of your head? Fa- Facebook, Twitter, uh, and Twitter are both Peace Film Fest. Peace Film Fest. Um, and uh, Instagram. Instagram right? I think is also Peace Film I, Fest. I, I can look that up pretty quickly yeah. here to make mm-hmm. sure that because then people can see the different things, the different events, what you're. Yeah, so you can promoted. like a, you, you can like us. Facebook is the most. There's more activity on Facebook than the others, 
but also yes i see the facebook orders going all the time i try to reshare that into the pft Uh media group because we're part of the pft radio network uh peace film fest is the instagram account so people follow so all three of them peace film fest that's smart good branding yeah Uh it's great branding have them all to be the same thing um all right i said i was gonna try to shoot for a half hour interview that was about 90 minutes so (laughs) we're gonna wrap this thing up nina thank you so much for joining us uh, Thank you for this was fun. This was amazing. You had great stories. We learned a lot of a lot of stuff. Uh, we learned about you and and the festival. I don't usually get an opportunity to talk about that all the film stuff. That's all interesting and stuff. The the you know the behind the scenes. When I was a trailer editor, mm-hmm. you know I, my friends would would sort of go, "Well, you don't want to go to a movie, do you?" And I'm like, "Yes, of course, of you course love I do." The yeah. only ones I don't want to go to are the ones that I've seen a thousand times. <laughs> Or uh, the theater cut of Reds. Like, I already saw the four-hour cut. I, I did, actually, the opening weekend, I paid for a ticket for Reds because I wanted to you, support the film. Oh, that's cool, because he liked mm-hmm. it so much. I Well, and I hadn't seen the... I hadn't seen the release version you at all. Seen your, I'd the, only the seen eight the eight-hour eight Okay, so real quick. I, I know I was going to say I was going to end this, but I did think of a question before. Okay. Because... This, I've been seeing this happen a lot lately. Drew, you've seen this happen where we see, because we're in the theater all the time. Yeah. So we see trailers over and over, and then we go see a movie, and there's shots in the trailers yeah, that, that aren't in the movie. movie. Or maybe it's an well, alternate I, shot. I told you exactly or, why. Because, yeah. because they're working because off of a working off of longer version so, of the film. So now my question is when you're make, working off an eight hour cut of a movie and you're making the trailer, how possible is it that by the time they get it, cut it down to three hours, oh, everything you use in the trailer, not in the movie? Because you get five hours um, of no, stuff, it's, it's not, the cutting that's room not floor. Gonna, that's not going to be likely because you're looking for key moments. That you, and those aren't going to be cut. That you can tell aren't going to oh, be yeah, cut. Oh, yeah, you can tell. Like, these yeah. are for sure the plot points. Yeah, Man, yeah you, can, you can tell a lot of it. That would stress I mean, me out so much. Be like, look, I know they're going to cut this out. But none <laughs> of this is going to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I, but you could tell. I actually started um, just, just for fun. I do trailer checking in theaters because I... You know, I loved cutting trailers, yeah. and I get like the to this day. I'm sure you probably watch a trailer. Like, hmm, oh yeah. yeah. Well, you see it's the such a different business now. I mean, tra- uh, at some point, I have I I actually brought it with me. I have a I have one of my trailer reels on a DVD. Oh yeah. And you should I I should show it to you. I would love to be um, able to watch it. Yeah. Uh, and you just see how different they are. So the first the the first com- you know the company that I was talking most about and most of the films besides Reds was at a different company mm-hmm. but um most of the films that I was talking about trailers were actually for the Block Film Company and that's B L O C H okay Merv Block is one of the sort of trailer business pioneer impresarios uh, um and he um when when one of the when the new theaters at Lincoln Center opened um, he presented the Merv Block trailer show. Oh yeah, <laughs> which was thirty years of his of his career, mm-hmm. you know, compressed into like a sixty minute um, oh, so compendium of, of yeah. It was it was. Well, a, I guess if it's that long of a and, career. You and so it was a free event. It was the opening weekend of the new theater, you know, of the of the new theater. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I went. I hadn't been in touch. I hadn't seen Merv in probably twenty years, and. He, you know, when I walked in, he was like, "Oh my God, Nina, you're here!" That's awesome. You know, so he said, "There's a lot of your work in this." <laughs> That's and, fantastic. And in the whole thing, you know, I was only there for two and a half years, I think, mm-hmm. maybe three, something like that. But it was an incredibly busy time for his company, 
and it was like the peak time for his company. So you were so, there at the right time. So I was time. there at the right time it's and right had place, and right got time. you know I, um, you know it, it was just a great experience. That's very that's so. very fun. That's very cool. That must be fun. Years later, you're walking to something like look at all my work still being appreciated in yeah. some way. Well, actually, least. it's when I found out that it was online, I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, right. That, it's still that. It's cool that that some of that older stuff makes it out there. Yeah, and, uh, it, it survives time. Mm-hmm. It's hard, mm-hmm. especially things on film. You know, you, that goes away to history well, so easily. You, you know, know, I'm old video. Forget that. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, I, I don't know how it's been restored. You know, saved been preserved or restored, restored or preserved. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an industry into itself. Mm-hmm. It really is. So, uh, Nina, thank you so much. Great to talk to. This was fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We appreciate it, Drew. Thank you. I can't You're believe this is ninety minutes. I know. <laughs> Boom! It's all those stories. You got. You start talking about Bruce Willis. I'm all ears. I want to hear what kind of jerk he is. Total um, jerk. Yes. Thank goodness. When we get off the air, I'll tell you more. I, I knew it. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it. We will be back this weekend with episode three forty-seven. Uh, I don't know who the guest is. We'll figure it out later. All right. All right. Peace out. Global peace out. PFT Media Production.